Now approaching the tee. Broadcasting live from the Honda Classic. Here's Ken Levicka. Honda Classic Live, Saturday morning from the site of it. Right off the 10th TPGA National, it is gorgeous. Justin Sue is your leader at 10 under par, and he'll get going right around 12.30 Eastern time, but already tons of drama, including Monday qualifiers. All hail them in the 2023 Honda Classic, and yes, 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 it is a live weekend and there is, of course, a lot of back and forth between the two tours. That's what gets us going here on this Saturday morning, Honda Classic Saturday here on ESPN 106.3. I'm Ken Levicka, Stone Lebanowitz. We have you until 11 o'clock. Christian Cat on site with us as well here right off the putting green outside the clubhouse and then right off of the 10th tee here at PGA National. I mentioned Justin Sue is the leader at 10 under par. Then Chris Kirk and Ryan Gerard. They're in the final trio. Again, that gets going at 12.30 Eastern time. So, Stone, it has, uh, it's definitely been a tournament to this point with uh, names that uh, probably aren't very familiar to the, the, the common golf observer. And so, Justin Sue, your leader at 10 under par, this is a man who was the Corn Ferry Player of the Year last season. Because of that, he won an exemption into the 2023 Players' Championship that occurs just three weeks from now. And he's also into the 2023 U.S. Open 25 years old. Justin Sue, just based on his career trajectory, uh, we've seen a lot of guys young in their careers, early in their careers, really kick things off and get going and get the confidence after performing well here, even in non-wins, perform well here at PGA National. And Justin Sue has done just about everything right to this point, 66-64 with a PGA National in a rare turn of events that has been able to be gotten uh, through the first two days. Of, uh, of play, but Justin Sue at 10 under par, uh, one of these young guns that we were hoping because, and there's been a lot of talk about the field and we'll get into that, but one of those young guns you were hoping was going to make a run and sure enough, there he is right there at the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, he's a rookie too. I think he's in line right now for his first 36-hole solo lead. So yeah. shout out to He's Justin only got Sue. one pro win in his career, and that was in the finale on the Corn Ferry Tour last year. Yeah, and he ended up being the Corn Ferry Player of the Year. So he's got some pub. Now it's all about keeping the momentum. So Justin Sue is, again, your leader at 10 under par. Chris Kirk, who shot a 62 yesterday, one off the PGA National record, a 62 for Chris Kirk. We'll hear from him uh, because he's a fascinating, fascinating dude. Uh, we'll hear from him in just a moment. If you're looking for someone local to root for, if you're coming out here to PGA National either today or tomorrow, it's the Del Rey resident, Eric Cole, who is in the second to final group. He goes 67-66, so he is 7-under for the tournament coming into his weekend, but Eric Cole, the Delray Beach resident, if you're into locals, and you remember last year, Stone, we were all up for Daniel Berger. He, through three rounds, had a five-shot lead going into Sunday, and then a spectacular collapse. He lost that entire lead 
eight holes in. He had a five-shot lead, and it had evaporated completely eight holes into Sunday. So hopefully things go better for Eric Cole here uh, over the, the final two days. Honda Classic Live here on ESPN 106.3. I'm Ken Levicka. Uh, so, Stone, I've been looking at it, and uh, we had an opportunity to have some unique stories here with the Honda Classic because you don't have the uh, the typical superstar feel, just the way the schedule worked out and uh, some disappointing decisions from some of the superstars in golf not coming to play the Honda Classic this year. But that allows for a storyline like this, that there is nobody in golf journalism to this point that can remember at any point Four Monday qualifiers all making the cut, just like the Honda Classic has seen this weekend. Three of four Monday qualifiers have made it into a weekend, but never have four Monday qualifiers. All four of them made the cut like they have this week at the Honda Classic. So it's been a historic week here at PGA National. Parker Cootie, Trace Crow, Ryan Gerard, Brent Druitt. All Monday qualifiers, all into the weekend. And Ryan Gerard Stone right now sits third. So it's not just that he got in via qualifier. These are four Corn Ferry Tour guys, but Ryan Gerard in particular has a chance to win this tournament. That's incredible stuff. How do you not love that? I mean, you, you just have to love it. And it's moments like this that I think can turn a golfer's career around. Right? You need these moments. You need your back against the wall. You need these pressure-packed shots and holes that you have to play to keep it going and it's like all four of these guys got it done, so shouts to them. It's big time. So now to the saga of Brent Druitt, who he was the re- remaining lone Monday qualifier hanging out there. Three of the four Monday qualifiers had already made the cut yesterday evening. There's Brent Druitt. All pressure on him. He has an approach shot on 18. Needs a par to make the cut, get into the weekend. What does he do with the sun going down? Instead of trying to finish up 18, get his par, He marks it and says, you know what, I'll sleep on it. Now, first of all, I don't have the mental fortitude to ever make a decision like that. I would not sleep. I'd be puking all over myself, thinking about for nine hours or however long it is, uh, hey, I've got this approach on it. It's the biggest shot of my life, but hey, uh, I might as well well, uh, sleep on it. That's impossible. I don't understand that decision-making. So Brett Druitt, that's just next-level mental fortitude to say, hey, I have this approach shot. I need to to, to get on the green and two-putt in order to make the cut on treacherous 18 and you know what i'm gonna do i'm just gonna chill i'm just gonna hang out uh i'll uh, i'll go uh, maybe play some n64 i don't even know if people do that anymore uh nintendo switch there we go that's probably a more <laughs> uh a, a, a more up-to-date uh example of gaming at this point but this dude decided instead of trying to wrap it up where he's locked in he's been playing his his second round he decided in advance of his biggest shot of his career to head back to his house yeah, me and you both spoke about this and said that we would have chosen to sleep on the 18th tee box. Like, how, how could he even close his eyes and attempt to sleep? Like, whenever, <laughs> I have no idea, but whenever, you know, we judge these professional athletes, like, we really don't understand the mental fortitude that these no. guys have. It has nothing to do with physical aptitude. This is next level mental strength from Brett Druitt because what does he do? 
First of all, he wakes up on time this morning. Imagine that, too. Because you know when you're flying, you know when you're taking a flight, and say you have a really early flight, you're in a hotel, or you're at a friend's house, and you got to have like a 4 a.m. wake-up call, and your body refuses to sleep because you're like, oh, my God, if I oversleep this alarm, I am screwed. There is no way that I'm getting back home catching this flight. Brett Druitt, he needed to wake up to that alarm. He had an airport scenario, uh, oh, crap moment, before the biggest shot of his entire life, and he woke up to his alarm, so I guess that was a win in and of itself, right? So he gets over to PGA National. He goes through his whole warm-up. He goes to the range. He gets his swings in. He loosens up. He heads to the putting green, all for <laughs> all for a three- or four-shot stretch. And if it's a four-shot stretch, then all of that was for four shots because he's going home. He doesn't make the cut. So what does this dude do? He has his 4 a.m. wake-up call. He gets up here as the sun is rising, goes through his probably hour warm-up, and he hits the approach on 18 to 26 feet. And then two putts and makes the cut. And that's Brett Druitt's morning at PGA National. Then he turns around and he birdies his first hole in his third round. Like that dude, no matter how he finishes, and right now he is one under for the tournament, no matter how he finishes, I mean, that's an all-world story. You're, you're a Monday qualifier. You mark your ball on your approach on 18. You come back Saturday morning. You par 18 to become the fourth Monday qualifier to make the cut, and then you turn around like a boss and you birdie your first hole. That's sick. Yeah, I'm trying to think as a golfer, which I can't necessarily think from their perspective, but if you had to choose one shot that you wanted that you had the most confidence in, is it an approach on a par five? Like, for, it seems like a tough answer. Like, or do you want to be on the tee box at a par three, shooting something nice and close? You know what? I, that's a good question. I suppose, I suppose, and, and I don't actually know exactly where he was on the fairway. Because obviously on 18, you've got the water to your right. So if you are, if you're, uh, and the whole location this morning, and that's the thing too, like the whole location has changed. The whole location is back right. So it's a little bit different than what it was yesterday. Uh, but if you're on the left side of the fairway, that's a much easier approach. I don't know where he was. I don't, I don't know if he was tucked in near the water or, or where Druitt's ball was sitting. But I agree with you. Uh, so, so actually, you um, did you send me the uh, the video here? Yo, I sent you actually the layout from PGA Tours, you know, app where they can see where they shoot the ball from, you know, where their approaches. He's actually leaning on the right side of the fairway. So. You're right, he is. He is tucked against the water. So the the pin position was um, was front left. So I guess from that standpoint, based on where the, the, the pin location was, he's okay from the right side of the fairway. Today, if he tries to hit that shot to the back right of the, the green today, uh, and they, they switch holes right after he finished up, they, they quickly patched up 18 and, uh, and, and moved the whole location to the back right, he, that would be a difficult shot to do today. But yesterday, yeah, he set himself in a good position. So to answer your original question, if I'm Brett Druitt, uh, that's probably the easiest possible biggest shot of your career to try and sleep on then come out and actually execute. And he, he, he was able to put it middle of green. He put it into the middle of the green, 26 feet away, two-putt, bam, Brett drew it into the weekend. Four one-day qualifiers make the cut here at the Honda Classic. Justin Sue is your leader, 10 under par. It's Honda Classic Live here on ESPN 106.3. Let's actually listen to a little bit of Brett Druitt because it's not only that he had to come in 
And he had to uh, get himself mentally prepared to hit the biggest shot of his life after sleeping on it. Uh, he gets the par. And then what was it time for, Stone? Time for some media availability. The dude hit three shots this morning, and it was time to meet with the media. Here's Brett Druitt after becoming the fourth Monday qualifier to make the weekend here at the Honda Classic. And he does so in dramatic fashion early this morning after a par on 18. Man, my parents might have set an alarm just to see how I did, but uh, they'll probably wander out here a little later on. I didn't handle the round the best, but on to the weekend and hopefully put up some more good scores. It was 110 yards. I was, I was pretty confident. I shortened my warm-up just a little bit, but yeah, I knew that there was a chance that I could be first off like I am here at 7.30, so yeah, go through the same process and uh, yeah, just treat like a normal round. So, uh, again, Cody Droden, he was 110 yards out on that approach, sticks it within 26 feet, two putt, and he is in to the weekend. There were a couple of guys, actually, who were finishing up their, uh, their final rounds this morning. It wasn't just Brett Druitt, but he had an awful, awful lot on the line. Uh, there was also... Uh, the uh, uh, Pierce Cody, uh, who uh, his brother Parker, one of the Monday qualifiers to get into the weekend. Uh, but but he was talking about how uh, yeah I finished up, I got into the weekend, and uh, I'm not sure if my parents are awake yet. I uh, don't know if they set an alarm. They'll come out here later. That was nice of him not to bother his parents uh, and have them come out real early to support him as he tried to get into the weekend, playing really early in the morning. That that, that that's a good son that Pierce and Cody. Yeah. So the second round was completed at 6.57 a.m. So everybody's asleep, and this kid is playing on a beautiful course in South Florida in, honestly, the biggest moment of his life, per se, and he's getting finished up before 7 a.m., yeah, nobody knows how he did. Not his friends, not his family, no. nobody. Now, now, now Pearson Cootie did shoot a 75 in his second round, okay? So so he, he got into the weekend, but just barely just barely got in. He needed this morning to get um, on the right side of the cut line. And so for him, I'm sure what he's thinking, and it sounded like he's like, hey, the way I played yesterday was poor. This might go go sideways for me this morning. Why bring my parents out here? <laughs> why bother them at this point? They're going to say, why did you bring us out here to, uh, to, to watch you bogey and flame out of the tournament? So, so Pearson Cootie, eh, my parents will come out. They'll trickle in at some point. So that, that's good stuff right there. But the, the, the uh, story of Pearson Cootie and Parker Cootie is a good one because they are both into the weekend. Parker, uh, Parker Cootie, in fact, uh, top 30 Monday qualifier. He sits at two Two under. He's been rolling early on today. He is three under on his Saturday to this point. And so he has thrust himself into a top 30 scenario. So again, in the absence of the biggest names, in the absence of some of the stars, and again, we're going to talk about them not being here and why they're not here and how these uh, this situation can be remedied. But you've got a fun, fun tournament. Justin Sue at 10 under par. If you want a local to latch on to, Delray Beach's Eric Cole is into the second-last group. He'll get going at 12-19. All four of the Monday qualifiers make the cut here at the Honda Classic. That is the first time that anybody who documents this can remember that all four Monday qualifiers at a PGA Tour event get into the weekend. And again, this morning, it was Brett Druitt who had to come out at 6.15 in the morning and hit a 110-yard approach on 18. 
18, needed a par to get into his round three, and he sticks it within 26 feet, two putt, and he gets himself into Saturday. So a lot, a lot, a lot of storylines to latch on to here at the Honda Classic. When we come back here on ESPN 106.3, Stone and I are going to continue to go through this leaderboard, but also you've got this 2023, your first PGA Tour Live Golf double weekend, and annoyingly, they're still going back and forth and talking about one another, but the problem is the golf media continues to try and interject itself as well. A lot to do until 11 o'clock. We'll talk with the executive director sometime today or tomorrow, Andrew George, here at the Honda Classic as well. Along with Stone Labanowitz, I'm Ken Levicka. We're back from round three, Honda Classic Saturday. It's Honda Classic Live on ESPN 106.3. You're listening to ESPN 106.3's Honda Classic coverage, presented by Gosling's Rum, the official rum and ginger beer of the Honda Classic. Also brought to you by Quelliv, the Orange Bowl, Kaiser University, Eisner Affer, and Brightline. Stone, does the name Garrick Higo mean anything to you? It does not, should it? Now it will, because he is six under on his front nine today here at the Honda Classic. He is now five under for the tournament, and he has erupted into the top ten. So keep an eye on Garrick Higo just one day after we saw a 62 shot here at the Honda Classic, courtesy of Chris Kirk. Garrick Higo is threatening that. He is six under on the day. Through nine, Have and he day, is kid. five under for the tournament. He is lighting it up, and there is usually Saturday means wind, breeze here at the Honda Classic. Right now, this morning, this course can be gotten to because there is nothing affecting the ball right now, and the guys up here in the morning. Now, the wind's going to pick up this afternoon, and you know where the hole location is on 18 today, Stone. Front right on 17. So that means water balls, baby. <laughs> Once that wind picks up on the par 317th there in the bear trap, water ball central. Saturday is the water ball day of the year here at PGA National. So if you have that, that upper right pin location, which is only, which is only six yards from the water uh, based on where it's placed, I mean, once the wind gets going here this afternoon and the breeze is going to pick up, 17 is going to be wet today. And so, guys, you're going to have to navigate around that. And, again, that back right hole location on 18, it pins it up against the water as well. So you're really going to have to pick your shots. But right now here at PGA National, it is warm. It is very little breeze. And so these guys are able to bomb it, and they can aim for the pin as well. And that is what Garrick Higo is doing. Again, six under on his front nine. Now into the top ten here at the Honda Classic. Uh, Justin Sue is the leader. The Corn Ferry Player of the Year in 2022. He is 10 under par on this tournament. I want to hear from Chris Kirk here, Stone. He shot a 62 yesterday. He was absolutely rolling. This is the same guy who, by the way, at the Genesis Invitational, he withdrew from the tournament. It's because he knew he had no chance. He hadn't played well. So he withdrew, not because of injury, but because he wanted to sleep in his own bed sooner. He's an interesting guy. He is a super fascinating dude. But Christian Kirk, after his 62 yesterday, you would have thought this guy was just sort of, eh, well, I came out here, I did that, whatever. I didn't care about it. Here's Christian Kirk yesterday. Uh, I'll go back to the house and take a nap for sure. Um, Maybe a little workout. 
maybe throw the baseball a little bit. I do that a lot. Um, like what? Sleep in tomorrow and hang out. You know, it's, I'm, I'm pretty good at killing time. How can you throw the baseball? I just love baseball. Just I always, for- yeah, I always have, I travel with a few gloves and balls and you know, I work out at a baseball performance place at home. Uh, Jake Crane, my trainer, and he's a baseball coach, basically, and uh, trains one golfer. So, oh, nice. Um, no worries on the shoulder? No, I'm careful. I'm careful. I don't think I can throw it hard enough to really hurt myself anyways. <laughs> so, so this dude again, Stone, Chris Kirk, this is like the equivalent of throwing for 500 yards and six touchdowns, right? Your Division One uh, quarterback at Southern Illinois, shooting a 62. That's one off the course record here at PGA National. It's damn near impossible to even shoot like a 65 at this place, right? And this guy goes 62, and what's the first thing he's discussing with the media after his round? Eh, I might go take a nap. Eh, you know, might throw the baseball around. Eh, I'm pretty good at killing time. What a what an absolute boss this guy is. I mean, time and time again, we talk about you know what these guys have to endure mentally. Like whatever you need to do to keep yourself sane, dialed in. And if it's throwing a baseball, hey, Chris Kirk, have at it, man. It's so sick. When's the last time you've had thrown a baseball? I'm curious. <laughs> That's a good question. It because definitely... I have not. It, like he he said, he carries gloves with him. I can't <laughs> remember the last time I played catch with anybody playing baseball. Now, I will say, baseball players are typically good golfers once they Correct. kind of well, fix... Well, the hand-eye coordination. I mean, it, once you've got it, you've got it, right? Yeah, the torque and the hip, your sure. shoulders are usually aligned with your hands and your wrists. And once you can get rid of that fade that a lot of baseball players naturally have, you're typically a good golfer. So I think that he likes the muscle memory, that throwing a baseball, that swinging a baseball bat, kind of helps his golf game a little bit. So it somewhat makes sense, but to hear it after... Going around one shot off the course record is a little funny. So I wonder, Chris Kirk, he said, I shot a 62. I'm going to go home, throw a baseball around a little bit. I wonder if he has one of those pitchbacks like I had when I was like seven years old. You put it in the backyard, you just pitch to it, it comes right back to you. Or is he playing catch with somebody? Or is he throwing it against like a brick wall? What are we doing here? Does, does Chris Kirk own a pitchback? And so we're going to need to probably catch up with him at some point. Hey, PGA Tour journalist, want to make your money today? Do your job and ask Chris Kirk if he has a pitchback. Uh, when he throws that baseball, keeping himself loose. Also, he said that he can't, uh, he can't, he doesn't throw it hard enough to injure his shoulder. Um, when when we had the Boca Raton Bowl, uh, you know how uh, there was um, outside of FAU Stadium back in December, there was a a, a pitch radar they had. Um, they they were clocking yeah. people. And I hadn't done that in a while. It's been a while since I've tried to legit pitch a baseball, right? And so, you know, me getting up in age, a little worried about the uh, state of my labrum, right? So I kind of loosened up a little bit, and I'm like, you know what? I bet I can hit 70. Uh, Back in the day, I could hit like 75, 76, 77. I was a catcher. It's not like I was a pitcher, but I could still get it up there, you know, for a short guy. Um, I decided to go three quarters, Three quarters. I wasn't going to come over the top. It's just not good for your shoulder. I get a little bit more momentum, uh, more velocity when I come three quarters. 61. That's where I topped out at. Oh. It was pathetic. I mean, absolutely. I could have probably kicked the ball faster, the baseball faster, than I did throw it. Did it... uh Hurt the pride and the dignity a little bit? No, it actually hurt my shoulder more. You had had to walk it off and (laughs) think about, wow. I was like, oh, God, I need Tommy John. 
Uh, it was it was uh, it was not a good experience. So I hope for Chris Kirk's sake, and, and I, it's not like his ego needed boosting after a sixty-two yesterday. But I hope for Chris Kirk's sake uh, he can get it up over uh, sixty-one. <laughs> Justin Sue, the leader at the Honda Classic, ten under par. He'll get going at twelve thirty with the aforementioned Chris Kirk. Ryan Gerard, one of the four Monday qualifiers who have gotten into the weekend. Del Rey resident Eric Cole gets going at twelve nineteen. He is three shots off the pace. Justin Sue again. Really good story. Hadn't won a pro tournament until late in the season last year on the Corn Ferry Tour. That earned him Corn Ferry Player of the Year honors. He also got an exemption into the Players' Championship and the U.S. Open. Um, there's been a lot this weekend made of the lack of star power here at the Honda Classic and the field. And so I personally, I'm enjoying the and I don't want to call them no names. I think that's extremely unfair. And there have been some winners here that have been called no names in the past by media. And I just think that that's a little bit cruel, a little mean. But these aren't household names, right? And I don't know if there's been a tournament hurt more by Live Golf than this one, right? Because of the locals, Dustin Johnson. Local, can't play in this tournament now. Brooks Kepka, nope. Chase Kepka, nope. Uh, there are a number of guys Rick. that, from the Ricky, right, right, right. There, there are just a number of guys from this area that are now on Live Golf that, that now cannot, cannot play this tournament, and it really, really hurts. That said, Tom D'Angelo wrote a column this week at the Palm Beach Post, the Palm Beach County Sports Hall of Famer. Tommy D is the man, and he said, uh, some of these locals, like Rory and Tiger, now need to step up and uh, get back into this tournament and support the local tournament, a local tournament that's done so much to support them, that does so much to support the local community, especially with Jack Nicholas's involvement in it. And I've got to say, it's a little off-putting how few of the local golf superstars who reside in Jupiter, reside in Palm Beach Gardens, Jupiter Island, how few come out and play this tournament any longer. And I don't want to hear about schedule. Because, oh, well, the Genesis was last week. All right, fine. So get back to South Florida and play. Because next week, they weren't going to play Puerto Rico. They've got two weeks before the Arnold Palmer. They've got three weeks before the players. I don't understand what the point is of living in Palm Beach County, Martin County, and, uh, and and being a part of the community and that coming out to the community's PGA Tour event. And it drives me insane because, listen, the Honda Classic doesn't have to do anything other than just exist. This is one of the toughest courses on tour. And I'll say this too, Stone, if this is being avoided because of how difficult PGA National is, that's even more sad. It is even more sad, but from a scheduling perspective, if these guys are telling themselves... Hey, I don't want to go from the West Coast swing to the East Coast swing, right? Because the waste management is in Phoenix, the Genesis is out in LA, and then you got to travel all the way across the country. Well, not really, because it's where your home is, it's where your kids are, it's where your right. wife is. Like you're going home, so I don't think that's necessarily like home, home in your own bed, exactly in your own bed. So I think, I don't that think that's, that's a, a proper it's excuse, a, right? It is an excuse. It, it, it is an excuse, and uh, I, I just Rory especially drives me crazy because he is the first to head to a microphone and uh, pontificate against Liv, and it's fine, and it's good, and he's the face of the PGA Tour. So so he's, he's going to sit here, and he's going to fight. And he was even down here this weekend to with Tiger to do a press conference to uh, introduce their, their new golf venture together. They were in Boca Raton, 
But Rory doesn't have the, the time to, to play the Honda Classic. So he's going to sit here, and he's going to be the face of the PGA Tour, and he's going to preach and say, this is why live golf is evil. This is why it's a problem, purity of the game. He's going he's gonna, to gonna, uh, politic for it. But then he can't represent the community that he lives in and has lived in for over a decade now. Like, something seems off about that when it comes to Rory. Listen, I appreciate him, but come play the tournament that's in your community, man. Yeah, Rory has the, let me say, uh, potential to, to prevent tweets like this from Live Golf bot accounts, like Live Golf leaderboard. You got Paul Casey, you got Cam Smith, Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, and then the PGA Tour leaderboard is all the guys like Justin Sue and Chris Kirk that we're talking about. If Rory were to play, he'd be preventing this propaganda that's getting pumped out by a bunch of the Live Golf media right now. So right. I do put this on Roy's shoulders. Like, Live Golf right now, they have a superstar-filled leaderboard um, uh, in Mexico, at Mayacoba. Um, it, it doesn't mean, though, it doesn't mean that the quality of play or the entertainment value is any better, right? Like, it, it, you can be entertained by these, these, these upstart names here at the Honda Classic, but the casual golf fan is going to say, oh, that's where Dustin Johnson is, that's where Brooks Kepka is, and so Rory could single-handedly, singularly be in the Honda Classic field and draw attention back to the PGA Tour. And I, I hate to that this tournament, and again, these are my words, Ken Levicka, Ken Levicka, assign them to Ken Levicka, not Andrew George, not anybody associated with the Honda Classic. These are Ken Levicka's words. It offends me that people look at a field and then say, oh, well, the Honda's a lower-tier tournament. Shut up. That's not even true. Uh, this is the early part of this PGA Tour season, I would argue. This is the second toughest course. And, and, and again, these, these now elevated tournaments, right, like, like Phoenix was, the Waste Management Open, um, uh, Riviera, high-profile course. By any objective golf measure, PGA National is a significantly more difficult course than Riviera as well as TPC Scottsdale. It is. So how come the Honda hasn't been given consideration to be one of these elevated PGA Tour events? A, 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 an event, by the way, not only is it difficult, but year after year wins best hospitality on the PGA Tour. I don't understand why you can't consider a South Florida course like PJ National premier, like compared to a waste and it management. Is. It is. It, I mean, by any objective measure, it is premier, except it doesn't get treated as such, and I don't understand. I don't think any of us necessarily understand because some of these local guys could really turn this thing up, right, and make this leaderboard when, heavier. I mean, I mean listen, when, when these fields were loaded with the stars, I mean, there was constant conversation every year. Is the Honda Classic the sixth major? Is it the sixth major? This is the most difficult course on tour. And for some reason, the local superstars, all these dudes uh, who, who live around here that could elevate the game, they've either gone to live or they won't play it. Rory. I hate to continue to focus on Rory, but a lot of this is on Rory. He wants to sit here and he wants to talk about um, what's right in the game and uh, why, why, why live shouldn't exist and why it's offensive, what's right in the game, what's right about the sport. Well, Rory, what's right about the sport is you representing the community you live in and playing the Honda Classic, right? Like that, that to me would be a great step. Yeah, and I guess mean a lot. I, I guess for guys like Tiger, from their perspective, like he didn't play all that well at Genesis. Yes, he did make it through the weekend. Well, he also has one leg. Right, so he's scared. Like he has an excuse on why not to play this course. You don't want to come into home turf and miss the cut. 
in a tournament that you used to dominate, per se. So, so for Tiger, it makes sense. But for guys like Rory, guys like JT, I mean, there's really no excuse. Yeah, like I, I'm not going to get on Tiger because I'm pretty sure he gets home, he gets to Jupiter Island, and he just lays in a cryo, uh, cryogenic chamber <laughs> for like four weeks in preparation for the Masters, right? Like that, that's, he's, he's not even conscious right now. He's like Han Solo. He's just being frozen uh, before they take uh, Tiger back out of his chamber. They dethaw him, and then he flies to Augusta. Uh, that that uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bag on Tiger for that. But again, Rory, uh, you gotta you have got to if you're gonna talk about what's right all the time and be the face of what's right and own that. What's right is to represent the community that has taken you in, that you've made your own, and come out and play the Honda. Again, I mean, my words, my words, no one else's words, my words. But I firmly believe that. On its face, it is pretty hypocritical. Like we see in other sports, it kind of sucks. We see in other sports, and I see it preferably in tennis, a sport that I pay attention to, that a lot of these big-name guys will play in tournaments close to home or ones that they have real relationships with, and they'll win it. Yes, the field was a little weaker, but winning it kind of means a lot to the tournament. It means a lot for the people. It draws all of the crowd in there. Like, hey, JT, Rory, if the field's weak and you don't think it's that competitive, come win it. Come hoist the trophy and have a good time in South Florida. Like, they're running out of excuses, and honestly, we don't even have answers from these guys. Like, they haven't spoken on it, to be honest. Yeah. No, it's um, it's I and listen, I, it's gonna sound like I'm I'm carrying water for the Honda Classic. That said, like I, I I love the tournament. It is the best hospitality on tour, and they deserve better. They they deserve better than having these guys who call this area home not cross the street to come play this tournament. Honda Classic Live here on ESPN 106.3. We are right off of 10th tee here Saturday at the Honda. Justin Sue is your leader at 10 under par. I'm looking here. We've been talking a good portion of the morning about Brett Druitt, one of the four Monday qualifiers who got in to the weekend. Brett Druitt had to come out at 6.30 this morning and hit a 110-yard approach on 18. He needed a par. He stuck it within 26 feet, two-putted, and made the cut, the four of the four Monday qualifiers. How about this, though? Trace Crow yesterday, he needed a birdie on 18, one of the Monday qualifiers, to get in. What did he do? He chipped it in from 48 feet to get a birdie and get himself <laughs> to Saturday. That's sick. I honestly think that might be a little more incredible than Brett Druitt. Now, Brett Druitt's insane. He's a psychopath for marking his ball and saying, ah, biggest shot of my life coming up? Let's go to sleep. And then set an alarm for 4 a.m. And then do it. Like that, that is insane. But that, that right there, Stone, is, um, that's fortitude in the nether regions. Yeah, you know what's even better is the nickname he got after he made that chip. You can't wait for it. It's Dr. Chapinski. Oh, that's pretty sick. I mean, that's the best I've ever I'm heard. I'm not a huge fan of corny golf stuff and the nicknames, but Dr. Chapinski... I'm all in. It's well done. Oh, I could not be more all in on Dr. Chapinski, in fact. Honda Classic Live here on ESPN 106.3. When we come back, I'm trying to decide what's more irritating, live golf or the media that covers live golf. He's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Ken Levicka. This is Honda Classic Live on ESPN 106.3. You're listening to ESPN 106.3's Honda Classic coverage, presented by Gosling's Rum, the official rum and ginger beer of the Honda Classic. Also brought to you by Quelliv, the Orange Bowl, Kaiser University, Eisner Affer, and Brightline. Honda Classic Saturday. It's Honda Classic Live here on ESPN 1063. 
at noon today here on ESPN West Palm from the Goslings Bear Trap where you can have Dark and Stormy or several Dark and Stormies. It'll be Josh Cohen, Theo Dorsey broadcasting live. Uh, Stone, do we want to do some uh, amateur meteorology here in Palm Beach Gardens? Well, don't ask me to do it, but I would love to hear you do okay, it. Okay, good. I'm going to try here. So, uh, right now it's 82 degrees. Now, as we get into the afternoon uh, here at PGA National, we've been talking a lot about the wind and what could be in store um, uh, from that standpoint. And it honestly doesn't look like it's going to be anything that is overwhelming. I mean, this is where and when the course gets really tough. The weekend when the breeze starts to pick up. But today... It looks like the, 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 the most wind is going to be about 10 miles an hour out of the east. So what that does mean, though, coming out of the east, the wind, is that it is going to affect 17 if it, gets, if it gusts to about 14, 50 miles an hour. Again, this is tame by Honda Classic standards, uh, a 10-mile-an-hour breeze on a Saturday. But as I mentioned earlier, on 17, the money hole at the Bear Trap, the par 3, the whole location is front right today, which means if you don't put enough on it, you've got water ball. It's water ball all day here at PGA National. I know it because I've seen it. I know it because it's happened to me in a non-Honda Classic setting uh, many times. I also suck. That's why. Um, so, uh, so, so just pay attention to that because that certainly, that 17th hole stone, 16 and 17 especially, have completely changed complexions of this tournament, especially on Saturday. And as we've seen in this tournament, it's typically the rookies that fall apart on Saturday and Sunday. And I don't mean rookie as in Justin Sue, but the Vegas odds do show that right Chris Kirk sure. is the favorite to win this tournament at plus 320 and Justin Sue's shortly behind him but still like they know how this thing goes when this wind picks up these holes get a little harder and harder especially where these holes are placed uh, so, again, pay attention to that. If you're coming out to PGA National, one, you should absolutely be coming out to PGA National. Get your passes, thehondaclassic.com, thehondaclassic.com. And, again, you have history made. Four Monday qualifiers, all four of them make the weekend here at the Honda Classic. They make the cut. One of them on a chip-in on 18 for a birdie. Trace Crow to get in, Dr. Chapinski, uh, and then Brent Druitt, who marked his ball overnight in the fairway on 18, went to sleep, came back this morning, needed a par on 18, hit his approach to within 26 feet, two-putted, and got in to the weekend. So some good drama here at Honda Classic. Stone, I'm going to read you a, uh, a tweet, okay? And I want to get your impressions, how you feel about it, all right? Can't wait. Alan Shipnick, who is the legendary golf journalist, Sports Illustrated, he is the one who wrote the book uh, with Phil Mickelson, uh, and the, the, the famous, now the infamous Saudi Arabia quote that ruined, rightfully so, Phil Mickelson's uh, reputation. Alan Shipnick is in Mexico City covering live golf. He is at Mayakoba covering live golf. Alan Shipnick posted a photo of the Majestics team. They're wearing matching blue polos and white hats. This year, there are uniforms for live golf in that team event. Alan Shipnick tweets the following. All these live golfers and caddies are so cute in their matching uniforms. Here are the Majestics featuring reality TV star Ian Poulter in the most sedate outfit of his life. What do you think about that tweet? I don't think it helps anybody. Yeah, I agree. I actually think it's condescending, pointless, 
and beneath Alan Shipnick, who I have great respect for, who is a legendary golf journalist. But what is, what is the point of golf journalists that are repeatedly going out of their way to take shots at Live Golf? Because for me, it's gone past the moral stance with the Saudi Arabia money, and now it's turned into a, we now want to make sure that the PGA Tour players know that we're their pals, that we back them. Jay Monahan, we're here to carry water for mm. you. That is the complete antithesis of the J word, journalism. This has turned into a tribal affair. And again, it's gone past Saudi Arabia money. Tweets like that have nothing to do with taking a moral stand against Live Golf and who finances it. Instead, it's just taking cheap, childish, juvenile pot shots. There's no point. Yeah, and uh, Smack Talking 101 here with Stone LeBanowitz and Ken Lavica. You know, if you want to put out a tweet like that, Alan Shipnuck, you're leaving the door wide open for trolls or live golf fans and supporters to be like, hey, what about the field, though? Like, at least you're, I mean, you posted a picture of some dogs on Team Majestic, guys who are ranked inside the top 50. Majority of them are. So you're not even closing the door off. You're allowing live golfers and live supporters to kind of tee off on that tweet, no pun intended. I just, I, it doesn't provide anything. It doesn't, what, what Alan Shipnick is trying to do is trying to get likes and retweets. Like, that's not journalism. Alan Shipnick's better than that. And I understand, I, I understand if you have a moral issue with live. I'm all about that. I totally understand that. I also understand if you think that the, the team golf concept is silly. I understand if you think that it is ridiculous that guys who now are really largely no longer competing at the highest level are just going to grab grab dollars. But be better from a journalism standpoint. Yeah, I like, like when you said uh, he was carrying water because that tweet is just kind of proving that. It's definitely. Like when you use the word pointless, it stuck with me. There's no reason to put that tweet out because you don't know what it's going to look like in the reply thread. You don't know who's going to agree or disagree, but you know you're going to stir the pot a little bit, so right. therefore it's pointless. Right. Like you can you can be critical of it without being childish of it because that's just being childish to be childish. It is busy out here at PGA National, and so we're fortunate to get a couple of minutes with the executive director of the Honda Classic, Andrew George. Andrew, thanks for coming by. Appreciate it. Uh, so before we kind of dig in, I've been all in on all the drama this morning. I mean, there was drama before the sun was even fully up here at PGA National. Just two days, and I know your, your brain's a little scrambled right now, but the first two days overall, how have you think uh, things have gone with the tournament? Yeah, just a fantastic two days. And then this morning, as you recall, the 6.50 uh, restart with Pearson Cootie out there having to make a par to make the cut. Does that and then has to go right back to the first tee. So we were uh, we normally get to sleep in on a Saturday morning, but we didn't get to do that today. Um, just fantastic weather, fantastic crowds. Today is um, – we love every day. We love Military Appreciation Day on Thursday. We love the health and wellness uh, aspects. But Kids and Family Day, entire kingdom support, this is our favorite day to see all of the kids coming out, those autographed golf balls and, and just – the, the swelling of the crowds down at 17 as the af afternoon goes on is something that's special for us. Uh, so uh, you, you mentioned this morning uh, a 110-yard approach, two putt for par, and that meant that all four Monday qualifiers get into the weekend. I've checked with every golf writer. I've Nobody can remember any time in a PGA Tour event. All four Monday qualifiers made the cut. 
Well, it shows you how great and, and deep the PJ Tour is. Um, any of these guys can, can go off and shoot a 63, 64, and this course usually has the wind. We haven't had that so no, far. No, we're which talking about that. Very interesting to be, you know, 10, 11 under versus uh, what would normally be 6 or 7. But um, special to have all those guys, and a lot of our sponsors' exemptions got in over the weekend. Um, and, and to see 80-plus players, and as you know, anyone who makes the cut has a chance to win this tournament. So there's going to yeah. be a lot of fireworks out there today. So, again, the Honda Classic, you've got your leader so far, Justin Sue, at 10 under par. The leaders go off right around 1230. You've got a local in Delray's, Eric Cole, who goes off at, uh, at 1219. Just from the hospitality experience, fans coming through, you've got all the shuttles, the transportation. How smoothly have, have things gone over the first couple of days? Well, it's been great. And this is our biggest build we've ever had, 10% bigger. Mm -hmm. You see that double-decker bear trap. That looks that, uh, sick, by the way. It's absolutely the best views you could ever have on the golf course. Um, but it's been smooth, and I think everyone has bought in. As we've talked about, this is a community event first. It's a golf tournament second. There are so many different ways you can get involved. Uh, the county, Palm Beach County, has been great. Palm Beach Gardens has been awesome. Uh, and we're looking forward to a great weekend. This is, um, this is a special day. And like I said, you look at the leaderboard, there are players that are names that could go up, a Shane Lowry, a Billy Horschel. It just takes a two, three, four under, uh, you know, Saturday to move up that leaderboard. I know that, and we're talking with Andrew George, the executive director of the Honda Classic. I know that you're just inundated, and I'm sure it's irritating because everybody wants to, oh, but the field, Andrew, but the field, Andrew, but the field. And it, it, I, I know it's been discussed. I know it's been out there. But I feel like that's something you, you can't worry about. This is a first-class event, and you put on a first-class event for those players that are here and this is an unbelievable opportunity for them you probably i know you're you're sick of hearing it but i'm sure at this point you probably just tune it out now well we we do but we you know we're competitive right so every tournament wants to get one more player one more top you know 50 player and for us i think it's a it's a process right 2024 we're already working on that i think the pj tour alongside us wants to make sure that when we have a new title sponsor in 24 we've got a great field have the ability to get a great field uh, but this week there's a lot of storylines you look at zach johnson and luke donald yep. the Ryder cup captains getting to play with padraig and have him give advice about how to be a captain um, <laughs> you, you look at a pearson cootie we just talked about he is going to be a star he's won two times out of 14 on the corn ferry um, they're names that you don't necessarily know yet that you will in a year from now, and it's going to give someone an opportunity to, to really cement their uh, their career and kind of launch into uh, to what's going to be a great next five to ten years for a lot of these guys. When we talked several weeks ago, you said this being the final year with Honda as the title sponsor, you wanted this to be a proper farewell for a, a, a company that has been so loyal to this area and to this tournament and has uh, helped see this tournament from uh, humble, uh, humble bases to now what it's grown into. Just from that standpoint uh, it, it, with, with the Honda people here, how has that process been? Uh, have they been given the, uh, the full red carpet farewell? Well, I hope so. And, and it's a bittersweet week for a, a lot of reasons. You look at that, you know, the car in the water that we floated the, uh, the advance week and that marker in time and all the branding and all the, uh, the, the things we've done together with them. They have, we have to say thank you because 61.7 million back to charity um, all the growth, the, the bear trap, the, I and mean, we've more than doubled everything out here in partnership with American Honda. There's not a lot of things that last 42 years. Right. Um, and this was a special partnership. And, and the great part here is they want to be able to pass the baton in the right way. They don't want to go away from the charity. They've been donating cars for years to the Birdies for Children program. They want to support Jack and Barbara and what they're doing in South Florida. 
Um, so it's, it's a, a, again, it's a bittersweet week, but we do want to say thank you from the beginning to the end and, and hopefully have a great weekend, a great leaderboard, and some fantastic uh, finish there on 18 on Sunday. I do know we've been helping Gosling's uh, model their new canned Dark and Stormies. And, uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big draw at ESPN 106.3. Trust me, Andrew. People love me. They want to come see me. They want to be in my, my, my orbit. Uh, people are... are pining to take these things or asking about them. Gosling's Bear Trap, very, very popular as always, but I feel like the uh, the new Dark and Stormies in the can now have taken this to a, a new a level. Well, the Gosling's family has been a staple at this tournament, as you know, for many years. Um, this has been an interesting week as they unveiled the three different flavors. Mm -hmm. you got mango, pineapple, and black cherry. Everybody's got their own favorite. Um, I heard someone that put them all together, and that was their favorite. <laughs> a little cocktail there. So oh, man, uh, I don't know if that's safe. It is... Uh, you know, Gosling's Dark and Stormies are synonymous with this tournament, and that bear trap is synonymous with this tournament. We can't say thank you enough to, to the Gosling's family, and they're going to be very loud and uh, very proud out there on yep. 17 today. Without question, thank you to all the partners here at the Honda Classic. All right, Andrew, I'm going to let you uh, get back to work here. Moving day here at the Honda Classic. Weather is beautiful. We'll see if the wind picks up. Should hit double digits by the afternoon, and we've been talking about that uh, front right hole location on 17. It's water ball day uh, here at PGA National for sure. Andrew, thank you so much. Appreciate it, sir. Thank you. Thanks Executive Director Andrew George here at the Honda Classic. Uh, so uh, as we get set for the weekend, uh, we've got it. Justin Sue is your leader at 10 under par, and then Chris Kirk, Ryan Gerard, and then Eric Cole, the Delray Beach resident, who rounds out the top four. All four Monday qualifiers into the weekend. You had drama this morning. You had uh, Parker Cootie get in with a par on 18. Brent Druitt gets in to the weekend. Ryan Gerard is at th is third right now in the tournament, eight under par. And then Trace Crow a chip in, in on 18 to uh, get himself into a Saturday. So again, the Honda Classic, it is going to be a fun, fun Saturday. A huge Sunday coming up as well. We'll be back here tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern time as we head into the home stretch. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. If you're coming out, hit the bear trap. Hit the uh, Tito Stillhouse Lounge, there is a lot of hospitality at your disposal. And of course, watch some of these youngsters go at it. I want to thank Christian Cat out here on site right off the 10th tee. Stone Lebanowitz back in uh, the ESPN West Palm Studios. I'm Ken Levick. It's been Honda Classic Live on ESPN 106.3.